Hello, it's Nathan Judah from the Wolves Podcast. This week, unfortunately, it's not the most positive piece of uh, chat in the world. It's discussing the defeat against Burnley, whether European football is over this season and what Wolves need to do between now and the end of the season to put right the wrongs of the last month. Oh, I don't want to talk about it, Liam. I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to have to. Stop Burnley won, Wolves nil. Uh, I mean, we've been here. We've been here many times before, haven't we? So excited and a potential and everything opening up and... And we called it. We called it last week. We called it the week before. We called it this week. And uh, look, Wolves failed to deliver for uh, the umpteenth occasion when it was, you know, one one more game, one more chance. Can they get back into it? And uh, it was a poor, poor, poor performance in so many ways. I, I get the first half was maybe a little bit positive than the second, but time and time again, they're given these chances. And I feel... Even though we can look at the table and we can say it's not over and there's still a chance and it, it did feel like the chance had almost gone and I feel like the fans were very much um, of the same opinion of us regardless of the table, regardless of the fixtures to come, regardless of whatever's going. It did feel like that was a watershed moment in the hopes of European football. If you're not going to win, you've got to draw. To get beat for me was criminal. Yeah, I think it was probably last chance saloon, wasn't it? And time and again, Wolves have had these opportunities. We can list off countless games where West Ham, United, even Spurs or Arsenal have slipped up and Wolves have had an opportunity to, at the very least, make up some ground on them, if not overtake and even you know stake their claim in that top seven. And they've thrown the opportunity away. They they let themselves down on, uh, on Sunday and they let the fans down. Um, it was as you say, positive in the first half without being without being overly exciting. Um, they dominated the game. Burnley, I thought, were quite poor on the ball and gave and gave it away regularly. Wolves found a lot of space, got into good attacking positions and, and played fairly well, but without being clinical, with no killer mm. instinct. The whole, the whole real, you know, uh, watching that first half, you never thought that, or never felt that Wolves were going to go on and score. Um, they were... Very, they were just the nearly men. They they got into the positions and it was nearly there, but it wasn't quite there. Second half, it really felt like like there was a goal in it, or if not nil nil. And as soon as Burnley scored that goal, Wolves' response was was really shoddy. Uh, they looked at no point like they were getting back into the game. None of the subs made any impacts. I didn't feel that Bruno probably managed the game as well as he should have done in the latter stages as well, um, as well as the players, of course. And and they threw away what was probably their last chance. Now, as you say, they're they're, you know, they're there, they're thereabouts. On paper, they can do it when you don't when you don't look at the fixtures. But you look at those fixtures. Wolves are going to have to beat Burnley and Norwich. Sorry, Brighton and Norwich. Um, and that's a big if because we can't really assume much about this side at the moment when they're out of form like this. Mm-hmm. The six defeats in nine now. Um, but they have to win those two. And then they probably have to get a result in, in one, if not two, of Chelsea, City and Liverpool, which is, I don't want to say impossible, but it's nigh on impossible. It feels that difficult at this point. Chelsea you can see, but the other two are flying and you know are going for the title. So Yeah, you feel like um, a result in one of those three, if they want European football, is achievable. If it's like, right, you've just got to get a result, not just, I think so. you've got to get a result in one of those big three. You can pull off, if you can pull off one result... That's fair enough, and I feel like that would have been evident if they'd beaten Burnley. You know, if they drew, we, we could have a different a different situation. But the fact that they've lost, they now do need to get points against one of those big. Th- well, not points; they've got to win. They've got to beat one of those big three. I, I feel like the best case scenario now for Wolves 
is to get nine points, is to beat Brighton, is to beat Norwich and win. Draws really aren't good enough. I think they've got to win one of those three games. I think it's highly unlikely now they're better their 59 points. Uh, best best tally in the Premier League. 59 points looking like if they did do that. And I thought they were nailed on at one stage, a few podcasts ago, Liam, that that would almost certainly have got European football. It's not going to be the case now because, you know, Manchester City, Liverpool, we're going to talk about the scheduling and where we think Man City might fit in uh, later on in the podcast. But um, I, I can't see it. And I know you can make the argument saying, well, Wolves turn up against the big sides. And I'm not having that. I'm not having that. For me, Manchester City and Liverpool are clear that Wolves are going to struggle to do anything. But they've got to they've got to beat Chelsea. They've got to go to Chelsea and beat them now. Now, you know, Chelsea could be resting players soon because they could have fourth almost, oh, sorry, uh, you know, top four almost sewn up. But at the same time, You've still got to play world-class players. And the way that they are playing at this moment in time, the way that there is a lack of... Um, a lack of a threat up front, a lack of, let's be honest, they started shipping goals as well at the back. You know, that defence isn't as tight as what it used to be. Uh, the, the signs just aren't there. They haven't been there for a while that Wolves can put a run together and kind of turn this around. Now, yes, you can look at Ruben Neves potentially coming back and a couple of other situations, but cohesively as a team at this moment, something's off, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And, and if we're going to be uber positive, it's technically in Wolves' hands to get top seven because they've got that game in hand um, and you know they're, they've they got the fixtures in front of them to pick up enough points to make it but you have to look at who they're facing as you, as you rightly say and they probably do have to go to Chelsea and win or pick up a draw and perhaps get a draw against one of the top two but it's, it's much easier said than done and when you look at you know of course you've got players missing I think Pedenz has probably been the best winger this season Fabio was very unlucky to be taken off when he did. I thought he was probably Wolves' best forward um, at the time uh, against Burnley. Neves, of course, being missed. Kilman's missing and we're still waiting to hear an update on him. It's um, Yeah, things have gone against them. Of course they have. Um, but they've got players in there who have had good spells this season. Rouse had one or two very good spells. Huang had a, a decent spell at the beginning, but I think since his injury has really been off it. Uh, there's too many individuals out of form, um, and, and when that happens, it accumulates in a, in a, a team often uh, more often than not in a team that's out of form. Um, and right now, the Keyesian thing is, is a good way of putting it. Um, there's no real link between defence and, uh, and attack through the midfield. Of course, no one's driving forward and making uh, and taking chances. Really, I think is the right way to put it. Um, it, it all feels very safe. It felt to me, albeit Wolves were, were fairly positive in that first half, it felt like they were absolutely terrified to concede. And once the tide started to turn at uh, the beginning of that second half, and uh, obviously Burnley made a tactical change with Vidra going out wide and Rodriguez going through the middle, once the tide started to change, the momentum began to swing, the fans started to, to G up a little bit, it, it, it just felt like Wolves were going to concede. And then once they did, once again, they couldn't get back into it. Of the, four, of, of the 15, rather, games... That they've um, that they've gone one nil down in this season. They've lost fourteen of them. Mm. Villa being the other one when they came back in October and miraculously won three uh, two in a game that they probably didn't deserve to get anything from for eighty minutes. So no. um, you have to question: Is it a desire thing? Is it a confidence issue? What what whatever it is, Wolves cannot drag themselves back into a game at the moment um, and then I think that really plays into the opposition's hands because they look absolutely terrified to concede in the back of their minds and if they do concede it's going to be a real uphill battle to get back into it and, and once again they couldn't um, 
So let's break it down a little bit. Uh, you talked about that front three. Um, Raul on the right-hand side. Now, mm. was this uh, horses for courses? I mean, Bruno kind of discussed the the situation in his post-match comments, and, and maybe it was because you know Burnley pretty strong at the back. If you if you're getting crosses in there, they've got they've got they've got some big boys and get it away. And maybe it was a bit more of a direct approach. Now I don't mind that. And Bruno's got a lot of tactics right. I think this season more more times right than not. Um, was his hand forced in this occasion? If there was no pedence, and you know there was obviously Trincao on the bench who who came on, but there's definitely a um, a lack of faith there. So uh, were you surprised to see Raul on the right and and and? And really, looking forward, that was you know the first time I think they started a Premier League game. Those two, can you see that happening again? I mean, Fabio Silva I thought had a good game, but at the same time, if you're picking a team, let's say uh, Pedro Neto is is going to start on on Saturday, let's say hopefully he starts, um, then you'd have thought there would be space for one of Raúl and and Fabio. Now Fabio has probably been the the most the better the better striker lately. And obviously, you know, Raul's, Raul's missed the couple with suspension, but I could quite easily see that that Fabio might be on the bench again on Saturday. Is that is that harsh? Is that is that is that stopping his progression as a forward? I mean, at the end of the day, this is a thirty million pound plus forward. But if you're playing well and you're not you're not playing from game to game, then that's gonna that's always going to affect you. Yeah, if it does feel like Bruno's giving him a bit of a, um, a prolonged run in the team to to help him probably and his development and just you know the, the need for minutes as a footballer but it wouldn't shock me if he didn't start uh, at home to, to Brighton mm. um, I was a little bit surprised to see Raul out, out wide um, I think once we knew that those two were starting and it was a three with Wang I think it was fairly obvious it was going to be Raul and not Fambio out wide for, for obvious reasons but um, you know, before the game I didn't, I didn't call that um, I think if Neves was fit Quang's probably on the bench and he plays three in midfield. Um, and, and speaking after the game, he, he said that the idea was for Quang to sort of come inside a little bit, become almost a, a third midfielder, Raul to move centrally alongside Fabio. I don't think that's actually how it worked uh, in practice. Uh, whether that was, well, he says that was the intention. I don't think that's really how it worked. Uh, Huang looked a little bit lost, um, really in two minds in, in what his position is. Interestingly enough, Trincao's probably the best player at doing that and Bruno's spoken about that in terms of dropping into almost a third midfielder kind of role but then he would have had to probably play Raul on the left and I think that's probably where his hand was forced. Um, you mentioned playing Neto. Uh, I think he looks totally off the boil. He looks off the pace. Uh, it doesn't look doesn't look fit, doesn't look ready. Um, and I, I didn't think he made much of an impact at all really mm-hmm. when he came on. So... Again, your hand is forced. Do you do you start him? I mean, Bruno was asked about him again and said, "Look, he's only got about thirty minutes in him, in him at the moment." That was on Friday before Burnley's game, um, but that's probably going to be the case come Brighton as well. Uh, so, yeah. it's um, it's a real conundrum at the moment because you've got your best winger of this season, Daniel Pedence, on the on the uh, in the treatment room. Uh, we, we're still waiting for an update on how he is. It, it didn't sound like it was too bad. It was more of a sort of an uncomfortable feeling in his uh, foot, I think, is what Bruno said off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, you've got him watching on. Uh, you've got Trincao not kicking on since that one Leeds performance. That was good. I mean, that's one or two performances in 30-odd games. That was good, by the way. Um, you've got Huang, who I think has not been the same player since his injury. Um, Neto, who doesn't look fit to me. And you've got a player, uh, Adama Traore, who's uh, 
sitting on the bench over in Spain. So, you know... Yeah, I mean, you, that, uh, that's the ironic thing. You know, you've got Raul playing on the right-hand side and you've got probably your best your best winger and we can argue to a blue in the tooth about the, the, the good and the bad of Dama Traore, but, uh, you know, he sat on the bench in Spain. Uh, he won't be sat on the bench here, that's for certain. I mean, mainly because they've got no one else to play there, but no, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. He wouldn't be. He'd, he'd be playing uh, and he would have been for the last couple of months, I, I would argue. Um, so, you know, these... You know, small bits of context and maybe bad luck with injuries and players dropping out of form it's all happened really at the same time and so in some ways it's bad luck um, but as I said at the beginning of this podcast it's too many individuals really that are letting themselves down and going off the boil and um, and stopping what could have been a very very successful season now I, I want to make this point that um, if Wolves finish 8th then I think uh, you've, you've been saying it for weeks on here and um, I think it's probably obvious that Wolves are destined to finish 8th aren't they this year mm. uh, they've been 8th for what seems like an eternity but I would and I want to make this point that I think that's still a very successful uh, first season for Bruno um, and this squad considering I think it needs a couple of additions and, and certainly a bit of depth but the problem is and this is what we'll be all consuming for, for supporters is that Wolves have had such an opportunity from probably January onwards where Genuinely, they could have pushed for that top four. I don't, as I said at the time, I don't think they would have done it because you would have had to sustain the kind of form that would that would keep you there. And I think the other squads are probably too strong for that. But they had a real good chance to push for it. Let that opportunity slip them by. They've had two, three, four chances to push for top seven and probably stake their claim in there by a good two, three, four, five points and be. And by now, we could be sat here almost clear uh, in a European spot, and they've let them that let, let that pass them by as well um, so that's going to be the disappointment because albeit 8th I think is still a very good first season for Bruno the opportunity they've had like, yeah, is too, it's too difficult to, to to turn down And you don't um, get these opportunities do you yeah exactly like, you yeah. Know, when you let them when you, when you let those opportunities pass you by mm. it's going to be in the fans mind understandably classified as a bit of a a bit of a failure in some ways because yeah. they, they should have done it there's, there's not that many opportunities you get and Look, you know, Manchester United's troubles, uh, you can go on forever, but um, at the same time, they'll be better than they were last season or this season, you know, next year. They, they will be. Um, you know, Wolves could spend 50 to 100 million pounds in the summer, and they, 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 there's a decent chance they might not finish eighth, they might finish lower. That, that's just, that's realistically the situation. You know, you know that the likes of Newcastle, who were, by the way, a, a place below Wolves now, they're in ninth. And uh, and coming up quickly now, you know, whether I mean I, I can remember Newcastle ridiculously finished above Wolves in the end last season. I, I don't think they'll do that, but at the same time, they're going to be stronger next year. They're going to be you know talking about trying to challenge for that top seven, top eight. Leicester are going to be stronger. Um, you know, as much as you hate to say, Villa are going to be stronger. You know, all these teams, and that's why you do feel a frustration in in the fact that this opportunity, which yes. It is still there statistically, but um, but yeah, an incredible disappointment um, that we that we witnessed. I think at Turf Moor, it, re- it really was against a team who had played twice since Wolves did, and Wolves were poor at Newcastle. They'd had a, they'd had a, you know a good couple of weeks off, refreshed, ready to go, main striker back, and it was just um, it was so toothless. It was. Um, you know, with 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 really your your right wing back and your left wing back having the best chance of the game, and and look by design they were they were told, and I think that's probably why the formation was there, so they cut overlap, so they're going to give yourself chances, but at the same time, when Johnny and Nelson Samedo are are, 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 your, are your biggest threats to score a goal in the game, 
you know that there are serious issues there. I want you to talk about one more person before we before we just open it up to the floor a little bit, Liam. Um, Huang He Chan, an, another really disappointing display. Uh, Wolves have committed 10, 12 million pound plus to him signing at the end of the season. Didn't need to do that until until assessing him at the end of the season, but um, but they have. They've made that. They've made that call. Have they jumped the gun? I think I've said this all along since January that I think they have, yeah. Not that I wouldn't have signed him um, because I think there's a player there. I think there's a player that suits Bruno's system, um, a player that Bruno likes and a player who's got attributes that, don't get me wrong, he's nowhere near the player of Diogo Jota, but he's got attributes that in some ways are similar and could potentially plug the gap in the squad that, that Jota left. Um, so by no means do I, am I saying that I wouldn't sign him, um, but it makes it difficult to to say so on some of the performances recently and purely because they had the opportunity or the first refusal if you like to, to sign him in the summer anyway even in January at the time when he was injured and he'd had a good first half of the season I then and still do feel that they jumped the gun on that because um, I don't really think there's any need other than to give him a secure future and let him settle which I can understand the, that argument but other than that I can't think of any reason really or any need to, to sign him up or make that commitment to sign him up permanently when you've got the option in the summer anyway. Um, there's a, As we said in January, a lot can happen in the second half of the season. God forbid he could have a, a serious injury, and of course we don't don't want that to happen, but that's possible. Any player can. He could go on and score 15, 20 goals in the second half of the season, or he could, as he has been, throw in some pretty stinking performances, to be honest. Um, I thought he was marginally better uh, against Burnley than Newcastle, um, but on the context of the game... I gave him the same rating, which was a four. Um, and really, toothless was probably the right word for him as, as it was for Wolves' attack. There was one or two bright moments, but there were several occasions where he gave the ball away needlessly, picked the wrong pass, um, which is different to giving the, the possession away. His possession stats actually weren't too bad from the game, but I'm pick, talking about picking the wrong pass when there were opportunities on for other players. Um, and I think he just he slowed down Wolves' advances for the most part. It, it's... Uh, Disappointing because I think there's there's more to come from him, but he's at the at the crucial time he hasn't shown it, and it's happened really since that injury. I mean, they've got a lot of work to do in the forward department this summer. That they really do. Um, there's some stories coming out today. You can kind of mention as well uh, about Guedes, who's who's been mentioned before, and, and and there's a few other a few other names. I think it's a it's got to be a priority to sign a striker and and. I mean, maybe even sign Tulian because because the way things are going. I mean, I look at the I look at the goals for table this season. These are the top seven: 80, 85, 67, 52, 56, 53, 52. Then Wolves on thirty three goals. Thirty three goals. I mean, not only is that you know nearly twenty goals less than the top seven. But Newcastle have scored more goals than them. Newcastle have scored seven more goals than them. Leicester City have scored 14 goals more than them. Mate, Everton have got one more. Yeah, so I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm going down to that. Bre- Brighton have scored more. Brentford have scored more. Southampton have scored more. Palace have scored more. Villa have scored more. Leeds have scored more. Everton have scored more. I mean, it's astonishing, really, that Wolves are still in this position. Because to score that amount of goals 
you know, to average a goal a game, exactly 1.0 goal, to to be eighth is um, well, it's credit to the defence, or at least at least you know halfway through the season and and maybe going into February time. That it, that it is that, and it must be some kind of a record. To be honest, I can't imagine there be too many Premier League seasons. Maybe that's that's one for a feature keynote to look back on on um, how few uh, you know a goals game average and, and to be to be in the top ten or top eight because that's relegation. Really, that's looking at relegation situation. But it's bottom four, bottom five in goals scored. So the fact that the eighth is is astronomical and still having a a slim chance for European football that's got to be addressed in the summer. And we'll talk about Ruben Neves, and I'm not saying that he's a catalyst to creating chances, but you know, if Ruben Neves isn't here anymore, and you've got Jean Moutinho potentially here, or Leander Dendonka, and you've you know you've got Pedro Neto who's still not proved his fitness yet, you've got Raúl who's not the same person, you've got Fabio Silva who scored less than ten Premier League goals, you know, you've got Trincao who's probably going to go back, you've got Adama Traore who's not going to be there, you've got Huang who you've signed who's not convinced, you've got Daniel Pedence. <sighs> There needs to be a, for me, a, a big overall. It could be a watershed moment for Wolves this summer. It feels like a big summer, doesn't it? Particularly in those forward areas. Um, just to just confirm, Brighton have actually scored two less than Wolves. But, two less. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Uh, I don't want you to be getting nasty tweets for people saying that you're wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you look at the the top scorers for Wolves. Um, Raúl and Pedence joint on six goals. Uh, Pedence of those six, only two of them are coming in the league as well. Last season, I think Connor Cody's up there with the top three Premier League scorers this season, Liam, or something like that. You know, top three yeah. or four. Yeah, says he'll be, yeah, he'll be up there. He'll be up there because he's got two or three, hasn't he? Um, three in the league, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but then you look at you know look at last season, and in some ways it shouldn't come as much of a surprise because Neto uh, and and Neves were the top two with five each um, last year. Obviously, Raúl wasn't playing. Uh, it found. Really, albeit Bruno's style is or was meant to be very different, but of course, well, you know, he's had some difficulty in doing that because of the uh, the long-standing tactics they've had under under Nuno uh, before he came in. But if Raúl wasn't going to hit the the ground running and, and be clinical and score fifteen twenty goals, I didn't think there was anyone really in this squad who was going to do that um, do that anyway. So in some ways, it doesn't come as a surprise. Uh, and, and you're right, the defense is they've conceded twenty nine. Um, the defense is what. Uh, is is what's really saved Wolves this season, and so many of the games have been you know nil nils, one nils, either either way, um, and, and even Conor Cody speaking after the game against uh, Burnley, saying you know we felt it was going to be a one nil game, you know they 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 know that the, the, the margins are so fine and so tight with Wolves this season, and in plenty of ways they've gone in their favour, favour, but in, in too many times recently they haven't, and they have to address. Some of the forward options in the in the summer, whether that in, whether that involves Troy or not, whether that involves Trincao or not, um, they have to make some big decisions. I think, and uh, we, we know that Bruno wants another striker. He's spoken openly about a different type, a different sort of style or type of of striker. Someone as a a bit of a, an option to win aerial duels, perhaps. They obviously went for Kiefer Moore in the summer, which didn't didn't work out. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me if someone like that came in. But I think if you look at not just the strikers, but the forward area as a whole, you probably need, and this depends if Trincao stays or not, you probably need two or three in there, I would say. Um, it, again, depends very heavily on Trincao and, and Troy Ore's futures, but two or three in there, if they, if they both go, I think is um, is probably the minimum uh, you're going to need. 
and and yeah, you mentioned Guedes, uh, the the Telegraph story. I, I reported in last summer that that Wolves had an interest in him, but hadn't pursued it any further than than, uh, than that. And uh, and of course, the, the Telegraph story is saying that they're now sort of ramping that up a little bit. He's been a long-standing target, and it's no surprise when you look at. Uh, his age, uh, 25, he's a, a forward who can play centrally or out wide. He's Portuguese, he's a Mendes client. Um, all of it, you know, it, it, it's a, a profile of a player that Wolves would um, would at least be interested in. So it's, it doesn't come as a surprise. Um, but, you know, he's got, I think it's 13, uh, actually I'll just double check on it in front of me, yeah, 13 goals um, this season across all competitions. He's, uh, he, you know, he's got something about him. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's a, a player they're interested in. And by the summer, he'll have one year left on his deal as well. Um, so, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, regardless, Wolves need to make some moves for forward areas. I know the positions as well. Hope you enjoyed that. Sorry it was a little bit negative this week, but it is what it is. If you want to listen to the full version, all 75 minutes of it, make sure you download it from Acast or Spotify, or of course iTunes. Follow me at Nathan Judah. Follow Liam at Liam underscore Keen underscore Star. Give us a shout, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.